This is Packer and Durham on ACCN and Sirius XM Channel 371. Packer and Durham, free power hour is upon us I, as we continue you know to stream live on the ESPN app. Number for the show is 844-SAY-ACCN. 844-SAY-ACCN. What's the matter there, Wes? By the way, let, let me thank. I, I've, I've been, I've been, I've forgotten to do this. I have forgotten to thank the blue ostrich, Tom Luganbill, on his way to Hawaii, by the way, with his lovely bride, Tennille for sitting in the last two days while I was at the National Sports Media Association event. I just want to say officially on the record, thanks to our great friend, Tom Luganbill. Did he bring you breakfast from the uh, Del Frisco's of gas stations, the quick nope. trip? No, nope. okay. no, he, uh, he okay. brought a good attitude. He was well-prepared. He was well-versed in every sure. topic. He had uh, takes. Uh, he had some funny stuff. Yeah, I thought uh, Tom did an outstanding job. On his way to Hawaii. So yeah. he went from a uh, basement with hounds <laughs> to Hawaii. Advantage, Luganville. Advantage again. Nobody lives it better than Luganville, Pack. We've said it for years, haven't no, we? Radio, no. TV, Luganville's the man. Yeah. He's got to figure it out. Sure does. All right. Uh, we're going to get to your calls, 844-SAY-ACCN, in just a moment. I know some of you want to talk about this 355 scheduling model. But first, let's hear from the commissioner, shall we? Uh, Jim Phillips joined the huddle crew last night uh, talking about this model that will take shape not in 22, but in 23 when divisions will be abolished in the ACC. And he talked last night with Drew Carter on why the ACC is making the change. The bottom line is that this is the right opportunity uh, for us and the right model for us um, to embrace here starting next season that will allow some, some things that we just haven't been able to do within the league uh, as far as really getting a chance to be dispersed amongst our 14 schools, to have student-athletes play across our footprint uh, over a period of, of four years. And I can't tell you the number of times I heard individuals say to me, you know, we haven't played school X that's up in the north and we're in the south for eight years or we haven't seen somebody in our stadium for 12 years. And I think that's the beauty, Drew, of the ACC. We have 14 tremendous institutions, 14 tremendous football programs, and they deserve to be seen in our 14 amazing communities that support ACC and ACC programs. There you go. And all of that makes sense. I mean, I, I yep. even if you don't like what was announced yesterday, you can't argue with what the commissioner just said because you're going to see mm-hmm. everybody in your league in a span of four years home and away. What's wrong with that? I mean, seriously, I, I think that's what it should be all about. And I think it's cool that we're going to get a chance to finally see some games that we don't have to wait a decade mm-hmm. in between to see, you know, Florida State at Lane Stadium. I mean, we shouldn't have to wait a decade to see that game. It makes no sense whatsoever. So I I like the model. I do. 355. And like I said, the only – and I'm reaching for a negative here. The only downside is I would have liked to have seen Miami and Virginia Tech, but you can't get everything when you've got to keep 14 people happy, right? It's tough to do. There you go. I agree. Uh, let's go to the phones, 844-SAY-ACCN. Eddie is in the Commonwealth of Virginia this morning. Eddie, good morning. Hey, good morning, guys. This is Eddie and Fancy Gap. How are you today? Excellent. Excellent. 
Uh, I think Virginia Tech came out pretty well with this new scheduling model. Um, I essentially see Tech getting two additional home games. Charlottesville is usually a home game for Tech. Uh, Wake Forest, we can fill up Grove (laughs) Stadium in Winston-Salem. It's a short drive for uh, Tech fans. Uh, We have a long history with Pittsburgh. Um, We've gotten some very good football players from Western Pennsylvania. So from a recruiting standpoint, it uh, continues to give us a presence in Western Pennsylvania. As we all know, Brent Pry recruited for Penn State for a number of years. And um, we also keep a presence in North Carolina, particularly in the uh, Greensboro, High Point, Winston-Salem area. And I guess the last point is that we get to jettison Boston College, who we've had to play for the 20-plus years. And, yeah, Pac, I agree with you about Miami, but we'll still get to see Miami. So, Overall, I'm pleased with the um, with the way things played out for Virginia Tech. Eddie, I, I'm with Eddie. You. Let me ask. I, I think Eddie's me. right. I do. I think Eddie's 100 yeah. percent right uh, about Virginia Tech. Eddie, let me ask you a quick question. If you're still on the line. Um, oh yeah, I'm here. Sure. If if are you okay? Are you okay? And I know people are focusing on the three here. Um, but I want to ask fans this this in particular. Are you okay with the 5-5-5 five, five, five rotation where you see, in your case, we're talking about Miami and Pac mentioned that. Are you okay seeing Miami twice every four years? Is that is that a comfortable rotation given like we were talking about Eric McLean saying he never played in Blacksburg. You only see Clemson like once every six or something like that. So does this, this once every two years okay with a Virginia Tech fan? I'm asking fans this as a whole regardless of school. Uh, well, I'm a longtime season ticket holder at Virginia Tech. I first went – my first – Virginia Tech game was in 1964, so I've seen quite a few Tech games. I think for the good of the conference, I think uh, for the good of of season ticket holders throughout the conference, uh, I think it was a move that had to be made. Uh, With everything, you've got to have some give and take. I personally would have liked to see North Carolina because I don't think North Carolina wants to see us every year, but I think most Virginia Tech fans would have loved to have seen North Carolina. But as I said earlier, I think Mm. for the good of the conference, for the good of season ticket holders at the the various universities, and for the average fan, I think this 355 was the best thing to do. So I'm I'm good with it. Mm. There you go. Thank you. I'm with Eddie on that. Everything, that. everything Eddie said made sense to me. Everything he said yeah. made sense. Yeah, that's a – I, I, I got to be honest with you. It's interesting to watch kind of how this is going to unfold. And, and we got a year to, to kind of, you know, marinate on it, as you say. Right, Pac? I mean, we get, we get the last year of the divisions in 22, and a year from now – we'll really be humming on this deal because it'll be right out in front of us and you'll have, you know, not just the combined record of your permanent three last year, you'll have like a three-year combination. You'll know kind of where these programs are. These four new coaches in the Coastal will all have settled in for a season. We'll have an identity a little bit about the building processes at Duke and Virginia Tech and Virginia and certainly Mario Cristobal in Miami. In addition to 
can Clemson stay with that momentum that they built under Dabo Sweeney? I think that's where this trigger point comes. Then when you start this process, what are the variances going to be to not having the divisions and how much more value, maybe to use your word, how much more value does that bring to the ACC of getting those schools and those brand names back toward the top? What kind of uh, ramp do we need for that? Does it happen immediately? Does it happen two years in? It, it's going to be a different kind of approach. And like divisions were going to be different when they started in the early 2000s. You know, divisions have had a nice run. Now let's see what happens with this concept. And we get this again. I'm going to go back to this time and again. 23, 24, 25, 26 is the current uh, structure of this particular scheduling model of 355. Well, I'm going to go, and you're looking forward. I'm going to go backwards to answer the question. You know, when we went through mm. the crazy COVID year and Notre Dame was a member right. of the ACC in football, I kind of enjoyed that. And I know it was new and it yeah. was different and you had a shiny new toy in Notre Dame. I get that, all right? But th there was a sense of intrigue of how that was going to work as far as who you're playing. Every week really mattered. Uh, and I liked it. Now, I know there were some people who said, oh, I still like the divisions better because it gives everybody something else to play for, yada, yada. Okay, whatever. Again, that's the debate the real smart people had in the room at Amelia Island and on speakerphone with the commissioner before they made the announcement. But I went backwards on this. Right. I said, I still remember that Notre Dame-Clemson and combinations of what Miami could be in a hunt, North Carolina could be in a hunt. This game mattered. They didn't play. This. I mean, COVID was a weird year, all right? So that was totally different. But I enjoyed the fact yep. that everybody basically was under one roof, if that makes any sense, mm -hmm. uh, from a standings perspective. And it will be different. Uh, but in the meantime, we'll get a chance to enjoy the Atlantic and the Coastal one more go around. And I will beat this drum to death. I still think the Atlantic division this upcoming year for the last time in the short period of time we've got uh, coming up in the next four or five yeah. years, I think it's going to be a special year in the Atlantic division of the ACC. I, think, I just think the potential mm -hmm. of Wake and NC State and what Clemson are going to be about as far as expectations. And like I said, that next layer is going to be a problem for people with Louisville and Boston College and Florida State, and Mr. Tucker at Syracuse. I think the division is going to be terrific. So we just enjoy it this year. Like I said, we're 59 days away from the start of the college football season. Can't get here fast enough. So we'll enjoy the division life for a little bit. But I do like where we're going with the new model. I do. I think it's going to be fun. Yeah. Uh, Donald in South Carolina is next on Packer and Durham. Donald, good morning. Hey, good morning. Uh, so, uh, I, you know, discussing the 355 model, I really like it. Uh, I think it's, uh, you know, the best for the conference. Uh, but the one question I have is I'm looking at the, the, I guess, the photo that the ACC sent out. So the top two teams um, by conference win percentage play for the championship. So unless I'm looking at it wrong, mm -hmm. isn't it possible that five teams could be undefeated in conference? So how do, anybody know how they determine the conference championship in a scenario of more than two teams? Wes, let me tell you something. You are the scheduling geek when it comes to all this stuff. So I'm going to let you have your day in the sun and try to answer that question. I, I was hoping that we could get through the first day of discussing non 
tiebreakers. But apparently it took about, I don't know, the second phone call and at 8.12 in the morning for folks to already start breaking yep. down the tiebreakers. So tag, you're it, Wes. This is right down your alley. Okay. Donald, here's, here's, the, uh, here's the quick answer. The ACC did not release the tiebreakers yesterday. Um, they released the model, but they did not release the tiebreakers. And I understand exactly what you're talking about. And I may, as Pac says, and I will fully admit, I am the scheduling geek. I love it. I'm critical of it. I have concepts of it and all those things. But they did not release the tiebreaker. Um, and that's a really good question, what you just asked. I will tell you this. If you come up with a five-way tiebreaker, if you come up with a five-way tie, and if you sat down and looked at it on paper, I'm going to tell you that the first tiebreaker, if any of those schools played each other head-to-head. Now, if the five didn't play each other head-to-head, that's when it's going to get interesting. But the elimination will occur if any play anywhere in there. You didn't hear the man's question. He said five teams finish undefeated. Five teams undefeated, right? Well, well, then what's the head-to-head? If everybody's undefeated, wait a minute, Wes. If they're head-to-head, somebody had to win. I heard. I know. I'm just talking about tiebreakers in general. But a tiebreaker starts with head-to-head. If there's no head-to-head available, then it would probably go to the combined winning percentage of the conference, those teams' opponents. I'm just guessing. You are. But again, the the ACC did not release tiebreakers yesterday. Get them on the phone. That was noticed. Get them on the phone. We need to know the answer to that on on June 29th. This whole process is going to start in 23. And on June 29th, 2022, we've got to know the five-team tiebreaker of the 355 model. That's it. Yeah. Yeah. Today. And, and you right. wonder yeah. why I don't waste time with this stuff. It, you wonder why. You, you will see me on Instagram awesome, and TikTok every day of my life before you see me breaking down schedule tiebreakers. Well, again, we saw it every day for two weeks when you were in Italy. We saw you every day on social media for That's two right. weeks. And, and I'll tell you what, if my big butt was in Italy right now, you'd still see me on TikTok and social media. But I'm in Charlotte, North Carolina, <laughs> in a basement with dogs. So that's irrelevant. Irrelevant. Um, I got to tell you, that's a great question, Donald. I am so glad you asked You want to, you know what? You I, should call the commissioner after the show and see if there's an answer to that question for tomorrow's program. There's not. They didn't release the tiebreakers. They're not going to release it now because it's not a point for now. Oh, what? But not conventionally, a, not you go head to, to head. Donald in South in the, Carolina. <clears throat> well, Donald's already. And see, here's the beauty, too. Donald's my people. You know why? Because Donald sat there last night and went, huh, I can see five teams going undefeated who haven't played each other. And then all of a sudden, what do they do? And I'll tell you this, Donald, going to break, going to break. Uh, Hacker and I remember the days. Packer and I remember the days when Bob James drew names out of a hat with Skeeter. Remember when they drew names out of a hat for the ACC tournament seedings in basketball? I think we go back to that. I, I say, in fact, I'll bring the Wake Skeeter. Forest Demon Deacon hat, assuming if Wake's not involved, I'll bring the Wake Forest Demon Deacon hat, give it to Commissioner Phillips, put the names in there, we just draw them out, and that's who's going to be in trouble. How about that? And we, we go old school. Hey, and we get uh, – and we get Marvin Jr. to bring that coat over so Jim can put that coat on and draw it out like Skeeter. Yep. 
Or better yet, we can get the uh, yeah. Notre Dame fencing mask because uh, Notre Dame not being a football oh. member currently, we can just put all the names in the fencing mask and pull that's them. That's right. Let's we'll put them in the Notre Dame fencing mask. A, a, yeah, an that's unbiased, it. An unbiased uh, you know, cradle for the names. Maybe we do that. Yeah. That's it. Coach Gia coming up at 830, by the way. Pack will put the fencing mask on again. No. Todd DeSorbo at 845. We're going to talk Virginia. So what do you mean? No. You've lost all the weight. you got to put the mask on. No, it's already been done. When we, when we come back, no more divisions. But you know what I've gone and done? Ha! I've gone and figured out who's got the hardest three-team rotation. Yeah. Numbers, percentages, and math from me next on Packer and Durham. This is the Packer and Durham Podcast. I had a guy uh, send me a, a tweet yesterday that said, you guys, when are you going to give us a reverse alpha, alpha, alphabetical order takeover? He was waiting for the Swiss to lead things off. He said, let BC go last. Let, can Wake Forest? I was like, oh, my God. Because yeah, I had a bunch of Virginia Tech fans get on my case a couple years ago when we did this. And you guys are always going alphabetically. And we Hokie fans, we got to wait. I'm like, hey, you're going to get your day in the sun, man. It's going to be okay. And they got so mad at me. Like, I had anything to do with it. So I had a Wake Forest guy, first time ever. Somebody from Switzerland sending me a note going, Pack, reverse alphabetical order. Let's let weight go July 5th. I said, it's too late. BC's first up. We go alphabetical. It's just the way it works. It's the deal. Are you um, – <laughs> did you tell him it's above our pay grade? How I, said, that's I, I said, we got nothing to do with it. I said, Virginia Tech fans – I, I literally had a handful of Virginia Tech fans get all over me. To the point where I finally said, hey, get a life, man. You're going to get your day. I got nothing to do with it. We just start with the Bs. Right. We start with the A's. We don't have anybody unless Alabama decides to join the league. Then they'd go first. Wait. We do have a B. We go with Boston College, and that's how we roll. So the Eagles are up first. And July go. 5th, the tur- it all gets started. That's a Tuesday, by the way, because Monday is America's birthday. So Tuesday, it's all about BC for 24 Absolutely. hours. That's it. And uh, everybody be uh, everybody be safe, by the way, over the holiday weekend. And take care of your pets, by the way, too, Pac, right? Mention that Important. before we say goodbye on Friday. Yeah, the boys. Man, man. take care of your pets. My boys do not right, like fireworks. Uh, do not like No, and some, some cats don't like fireworks either. Cats, horses, remember? Horses, you got, you know, people, animals like that don't like fireworks. You know what happens, Wes? Careful. You know what happens during July 4th? People start firing those things mm. off, whether you're a professional or not. Those animals get scared. They start running up and jumping into car engines, start hiding up there for a long time. <laughs> <laughs> they do. It's exactly what happens. They get, it, they get excited, and they run up into car engines of cars that don't move around very much. And, and, and guess what happens? They start building homes. Yeah, and people out yeah. there watching us, you know who I'm talking to. Yeah. You be careful out there, yeah. those critters be in your careful, engine. Be careful with the – that's exactly right. She'll, she'll tell you exactly what happened. Um, all right, here we go. Let's go to Je- – speaking of Alabama joining the ACC, hey, let's go to go. Jesse in Alabama. Jesse, good morning. Welcome to Packer and Durham. Hey, good morning, guys. What's up? Can you all hear me? Go ahead, Jesse. Yes, sir. You sound great. Yeah, go hey, right yes, ahead. sir. Go right ahead. Sound great. Yeah, so – Calling from the heart of uh, SEC land in Alabama, you know, Canes fan. 
You know, it's all about the U. Um, very excited about the three five five. You know, we got Boston College, continue with Florida State, and then Louisville uh, as our big three. Uh, it's it's going to be pretty impressive with our new coaching staff that's in here. Um, not much love is getting sent our way for what's going down on down in Miami, but uh, you know as well as I do, the staff is is elite, uh, and they're coming into a team that uh, really shot themselves in the foot last year you know with one of the worst tackling teams in america uh and then thank you to florida mm-hmm. state for that fourth and 14 uh giving us a whole new coaching staff and regime so well i will say this to you. jesse jesse you know what i think there's a lot of people paying attention to miami and i think because that uh coach cristobal has come back home you've pointed out his staff it's been terrific on the front end uh, recruiting is going well. And here's the other thing. When you've got TVD at QB, mm. you're going to be in the hunt, my man. And, I, I, again, I think athletically, I think they're going to be tougher. They're going to be more physical than they have in the past. That's a crystal ball trademark. Uh, but I don't think America's sleeping on Miami. I think they want to see it first before they completely jump on the bandwagon. Because we've heard that you was back thing before, and we're still kind of waiting for it, quite frankly. It's from a national perspective. But on the surface, I like the way the Canes are trending. I do. Yeah, I've been I've been a Miami fan since birth. Like literally, born in Hollywood, Florida, and and uh, left the hospital in the Canes jersey and got the U tatted on me and everything. Uh, but always hearing my spouse, who's an Alabama fan, it it gets it's kind of old. I always tell tell her we're back, and she laughs. So, well, uh, you know what? Let me just tell you this. Let me just say this, man. You don't need to tell anybody that you're back. We'll know when you're back. Right? It's like it's just yeah, like Texas, it's it. just like USC and a lot of other great blue blood programs. You know, we'll know when you're back. You won't have to tell anybody. But I do if I if Miami were a stock, I would be fine because I like the direction they're heading in. There we go. Jesse, uh, thanks very much. Be careful in Alabama. Stan in South Carolina. Hey Stan. Hey guys, back. I hate to be the your second Swiss uh, belly acre, but here I am. I don't like it. Oh, you don't like having to wait last? Is that is that the deal? No, I don't like the three five five. I think it. Uh, oh, it take into, oh, I thought it doesn't take. I thought you meant the takeover, the, uh, traditional rivals. You know? Well, all right, uh, so let me ask you this. I'm going to allow you to be in charge uh, for 12 seconds. Uh, the three permanent fixtures on Wake's roster and schedule should be whom? It shouldn't be. We should go back to the divisions, put the six traditional ACC schools in one, add Virginia Tech. That gives you all your in-state rivalries in the same division and play it like we used to. Yeah, those days are over. So you want to go, yeah, Stan, you want to go way, way back. You want to go all the way back to the, you want to go back to when there was eight teams in the league or nine teams in the league and you played everybody, essentially. But you want to create as congruent uh, a map as possible, right? That's it. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to be the bearer of bad news. Yeah, that, that, that is... That's gone the route of homecoming dances and letter jackets, I'm afraid. Um, it's, uh, it's going to be this, – this is going to be a fluid situation in football, and nobody wants to hear this who's, who's a traditionalist. And uh, 
this one is this one's on the future of the game because this has to be done you know and nobody wants to hear this answer either pack but tell me this is not the reality some of this has to do with revenues you know you've got that's why it's a four-year window and not a 20-year window like divisions it's it's about revenues it's about i mean packer has nailed this i mean we've done how many thousand shows and you've always talked about the brands clemson virginia tech miami in terms of national brands and the acc being in florida state thank you those four schools right there are national brands when they are winning this four this model 23 24 25 26 gives you a chance to find out and have your brands identify themselves and then oh by the way 27 28 29 and 30 you can pivot from those brands you can pivot one way or another you have the flexibility to go back and adjust and look if one thing we know about college football it's not going to stay the same and unfortunately, at the cost of that is some of these long-time rivalries. I get the big four schools all want to play each other. I, I totally understand it. Um, you know, and, and Wake's not going to play NC State, and I'm sure they're Wake Forest fans incredibly disappointed not to have NC State. But I got to be honest, everybody had to give a little to get a little in this. But this this had to happen almost. I'm not saying divisions had to go, but this was this was pretty much on the track to, to happening, in my opinion. Well, I think if you're NC State, you're probably glad Wake's off the schedule uh, permanently, uh, right? I mean, you don't have to deal with the Deeks, um, but twice in a four-year period, given what Wake's had as far as success. But uh, like I said, yeah. you're not going to keep everybody happy. It's impossible when there's 14 people in the room that all have different needs and wants and so forth. But I think in the big picture, this was a good move for the league. And I think it's going to be terrific for fans because you're going to get a chance to see everybody come to your house in a four-year period. What's wrong with that? I I don't understand it. Nope. I think it's I think you're right. When we come back, the uh, March of National Champions continues and we go to South Bend. The ACC's new coach K, Coach Gia Cabraskilia, joins us next on Packer and Durham. Packer and Durham. Packer and Durham. It is a Wednesday. Your lucky number is 657. 657. Lucky number. Number for the program is 844-SAY-ACCN. We'll get back to the uh, new uh, scheduling model, which was unveiled by the Atlantic Coast Conference yesterday. But today is all about national yep. championships, Wes. We are going to do a uh, salute yep. to the seven, count them, seven different teams in the Atlantic Coast Conference this year that won national championships. Like I said, the ACC and the Big 12 led the country with seven national titles this season pretty impressive all right all right come on put it on let's go grab it let's go come on come on let's go there we go america wants to see this let's go to south bend our man coach gia <laughs> he looks good doesn't I he coach it. i love it with a shiny gold <laughs> this morning makes me feel great thank you His form Cal- is Cal- lousy, Cal- though. When you say Gia, his form is Cal- lousy. Cal- his form is. Oh, his, well, his, his some, form is. Well, for the beginner, it's pretty good. So it's a lot of work, but I'll come down there and give private lessons if, if, if I have to. Coach, let me tell you something. 
I was told I got to keep my arms straight. I had it too bent, and that gives the advantage to my foe. And that allows there to be a problem. But the good news is I found out that when I've got my Notre Dame fencing mask on, if I have a problem, I can always go get my Florida State javelin and even things out. It makes a competition dead even when I got that Florida State javelin. Gives me a little extra reach. A little extra reach. I don't, I don't know how much the Florida State and Notre Dame rhymes together, but I'll, I'll take your joke. Well, I, I will say this, though. <laughs> it's, I'll tell you what is no joke. And that is Notre Dame fencing. Congratulations. 12 mm. national titles. And you just looked at football and you said, hey, boys, rearview mirror. It's all about Notre Dame fencing. 12 natties back to back. That's pretty impressive. That's hard to beat. Well, I, we were on the podium and the kids started kind of shouting, the fencing school, the fencing school. So it was a joke, but I'll take it again. <laughs> I love it. Um, Gia, here's the thing. I, to do this at home, to win it at home, um, you know, there's a little bit of pressure involved in that, right? I mean, to to perform in your own place, to try and capture a national championship, was that different about this particular national title? Well, the, the pressure was kind of doubling up on us all season that because of the our main competitors did not participate in last year NCAAs due to COVID. And I mean right. the Ivy League schools, and the top of the competing at home. So we had a lot of riding on our shoulders, but our kids were amazing in terms of the resiliency and the toughness and the grit, and, and the character that showed. And we won by the considerable margin. But also being at home helps, like everything, as you, as you know, guys, with the home crowd. So it's kind of evened up at the end of the day. You know, I think, Coach, a lot of folks uh, who don't follow it and maybe have found it from based on our show and our interviews and so forth are always surprised about the number of members on a team. They think fencing, they probably think, oh, they got a handful of guys or girls and they just show up and do their thing. It is much more complicated and diverse than that, isn't it? Oh, you're absolutely right. We have about almost 65 athletes, 32 will travel. 18 will have a shot for NCAAs, 12 will qualify. So at the end of the day, it's a lot of complex math going in there. How does one get 60 kids, though, Coach? Because that's a lot. I mean, that's a lot of personnel management process that goes into this, isn't it? Kudos to our coaches. When it comes down to recruiting, we recruit all over the world. We have on the roster this year, as of August 20th, uh, we'll have um, athletes from 14 different countries. And, you know, it's a global sport. And when it come down, comes down to the great recruiting and a lot of traveling with to get those kids, we managed to have 30. But in each weapon, you know, probably, you know, men and women in each gender. But coaches do a magnificent job to kind of uh, consolidate together them together give them a great mindset and uh, and and a reason to fight for and mostly it's you know Mm. one the best reason is for our school and for our university coach from from a worldwide perspective i'm just curious what would be considered the hot spots in the country or in the in the world regarding fencing i mean what what are the countries that are known you will be surprised you know in the country used to be the east and west coast and now it's completely diverse you can find the <laughs> Olympic champion coming out to Lexington, Kentucky, as wow. well as, you know, somewhere from L.A. or New York. Uh, we recruit to five different Asian countries. We have Singaporean, Malaysian, 
um, Hong Kong, China, uh, Taiwan. We have Europeans um, for all over the Europe, Italians, French. So it's all over. The foot fencing has become a global sport the last 30 years. So you can find the gem anywhere in the world for sure, uh, the, as well as uh, in here in, right, in, in well, our country. So Notre Dame is a worldwide brand. I'm guessing you don't have a hard time once you show up to talk to someone about coming to uh, to college in the United States to say, oh, by the way, you'd be coming to school at Notre Dame. Well, we have, if you'd have to talk about the weather and the location, then you've got a problem. But if you hide all of those aspects and talk about Notre Dame, life is good. Yeah, you know what, though? <laughs> I, I I know you know what you, you don't recruit at the level you do and worry about selling weather. You, you're worrying about selling <laughs> hardware yeah. and a great academic experience at Notre Dame because you guys you are, are what you're, you're still right. Right. I mean, you guys Most, are bringing in hardware and then you're going to get a great great education. Well, we are selling absolutely. It's nothing to sell. We are validating that we could get. You can get the incredible education at the University of Notre Dame and Olympic dreams because in Tokyo, we had 11 Olympians with the Olympic gold medal. Hmm. So there is not much to sell. This is just the showcasing this incredible school with incredible traditions and the most important, incredible support from administration to to our sport. Well, that's the other part I was going to ask you. The, I mean, you've won four national championships now in your time at Notre Dame. Uh, your school is one what twelve pack right? I mean, total 12. here it's a it's a it's a phenomenal run. The brand of fencing, and again, I think a lot of people see it and they think there's. I mean, we just talked about having the number of players you do on the roster of almost sixty five kids. The sport itself, where where does it fit in the landscape of college athletics? I mean, today's landscape is really different with NIL. But this seems to be the most specialized of the specialized individual sports on a college campus. Uh, you're absolutely correct. You know, the, the, we usually, when it comes to the college athletics, you know, the Olympic gold medals and the NCAA championships would count. And in that, you know, we have a two Americans in the history of the American fencing captured the individual Olympic golds and that both went to Notre Dame. Uh, we've been on the hot streak in, in terms of um, in terms of the um, uh, winning the national championships, but the education, you know, at the four-hour sport, NIL, it's not really relevant. So like you said in the previously education, that's what them, you know, with fits for the, us the most when it comes conjunction uh, to the sport of fencing as well. You know, I came around last hour, now that Mike Krzyzewski's retired and enjoying the good life, you're really now Coach K in the ACC. You know that now. You are the Coach K. Uh, I am flattered. Uh, that's 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 a long long ways from the reality and truth. But again, I'll take the I'll take the compliment. It's the eight o'clock in the morning. I'm, I'm I'm a happy guy already. You called me that. I love it. Wait, wait, hold on, Pac. We just said he's won four national titles since he's been there. If he wins one more, I mean, what's what's the problem, right? Well, there is no problem because Coach K is uh, walking. Uh, count, he's walking. He's walking. Coach, his new pup, right now, probably as we speak, and, <laughs> yeah, and uh, yeah. he's over there rocking and rolling, still winning hardware in South Bend. So, yeah, there's only one Coach K right now. Uh, there, you there you go. Guys, truly, guys, this is an incredible honor to be a part of the ACC and representing school and winning the national championship. When we tallied this, like you said, seven national championships for the conference, we're truly honored to be a part of it. Oh, you've done yeah. a great job. Well, 
Key, I want to tell you, your your kid Amanda Perkowski's been with us a couple times, and I heard over the weekend you got a lot of shy, silent types on that roster. So, you know, good luck trying to get that thing back in the middle of the road, as they say. You got you got unbelievable young people uh, in your program, and it shows with your success. Thank you, thank you again, thank you again, guys. Thanks, congrats, coach. All right, Coach Gia Kavarskilia joining us from South Bend, the uh, national champion coach in fencing Todd DeSorbo is coming up and once again he will have to answer the question when Packer says wahoos and water what does it mean number one we will do that when we continue yep we will go back to Charlottesville this guy literally has it figured out if I could just get him in the water or get me in the water we win Todd DeSorbo joins us next on Packer and Durham's National Championship Countdown. Look out. Here's Mark Packer and Wes Durham. NC State National Champs for the first time. So Lori Hennis is going to take home the top trophy. The gold first place trophy is going to go to the Wolfpack. The Tigers have done it. The celebration begins. The first title since 1987. One of the Blue Blood programs is back at top of the heap of men's college soccer. championship for Florida State. Good thing we got a three-hour show. We might not be able to get all the national champions in on time. <laughs> Again, the ACC and the Big 12 was seven apiece. The SEC was six. And the sports calendar year is over. And it uh, gives the anticipation of what we can expect for 22-23, Wes. Yep. Todd DeSorbo in Virginia, uh, of Virginia, will join us in a moment. The Women's Swimming and Diving Champions you saw there in Atlanta on the campus of Georgia Tech from earlier this year. Looking forward to talking to him. Uh, and uh, still to come, Leilani Nesbeth of Florida State's women's soccer team, uh, Scotty Rose Growney of the uh, UNC's women's lacrosse, and uh, Laurie Hennis of the uh, Packer-led NC State women's cross-country national champions. Understand how it all got started for the ACC. <laughs> It really did get started at the tip-off when the commissioner, Jim Phillips, bestowed upon me the ability to drive the Chariot of Champions, as we nicknamed it, long before anybody knew what was going to happen. And it all started on a cold, blustery, wet day in South Bend, Indiana for the cross-country championships in which NC State took care of business and then went on to 
the first of seven national championships for the league. So uh, I'm not going to take any role or responsibility. It all started with the commissioner, but the Chariot of Champions started the whole deal for the league in 22-23. Wait, wait, hold on a second. I'm not going to take any role or responsibility. I'm not. But if I don't drive the cart, none of the seven titles happen. Is that where we're going? Well, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong. I mean, correct me if I'm wrong. <laughs> I mean, wait, it all wait. started. The sentence a moment ago was, I'm not taking any of the I'm credit not. or the responsibility, but if I don't drive the golf cart, the ACC doesn't win seven national titles. I think that was I, like sentence would, and then sentence. I would just tell you this. Uh, had John Swafford <laughs> allowed me to drive that golf cart when I wanted to do it two years prior, we would have won a lot more natties around here. Just saying. <laughs> just saying. Got it. Okay. Gotcha. All right. Good. I'm glad. Uh, Coach DeSorbo in a moment, 844-SAY-ACCN for your calls and questions about the scheduling model that's going to start in 2023. Uh, we're talking about the scheduling model in some respect. Last night on the huddle and uh, and even this morning a little bit like it starts, you know, in what, 80 days back, but it doesn't. It's, it's now, you know, we're a year and 80 days away, if you will. Um, but nonetheless, we'll get to your thoughts on that. And then more tomorrow on that. Uh, as well, but uh, our guest coming up here in the uh, in the last hour on this national championship celebration day, if you will, with coaches and players from each of the seven ACC titles. Uh, that would be accurate. That's why the gentleman that called in earlier, uh, Donald, worrying about the tiebreaker system of the new three five five model. We got plenty of time to worry about if, in case, it's three teams, <laughs> yeah. or in his particular case, five uh -huh. teams. I don't even want to worry right. about such a thing. Let's just enjoy division life one more go-around. And I'll say it again. The Atlantic Division with Clemson and NC State and Wake yep. Forest are all going to get a ton of respect early mm -hmm. in the preseason polls. And Louisville and Florida State and Boston College with their quarterback play and responsibility in terms of their coaching staff that they did in the second half of the season. The league in that side is going to be very, very good and competitive. Yep. Just saying. Yep. So there you looking forward to more of that conversation coming up off to Charlottesville. We go again uh, since coming on board in August of 2017. Todd DeSorbo has done just a phenomenal job maintaining the uh, tradition and winning that Virginia women's swimming and diving has taken. He joins us this morning from Charlottesville as we celebrate the ACC's national championships. Todd, good morning. Thanks for your time and uh, welcome to Packer and Durham having me on well there, there is so much to get into with you coach I, I have claimed that anything that involves wahoos and water normally equals something spectacular and that's whether it's swimming diving rowing crew whatever the case may be i mean what is it man everybody jumps in the water and you guys are flying what's the story <laughs> i don't know i think there's just something special in the water up here um Certainly just have a great group of student athletes and, and a fantastic staff and, and administration that is, you know, really supportive. So just, uh, you know, it's just a recipe for success up here and just having a lot of fun and working really hard. I think one one ingredient would have good swimmers. And we know you just had one of your swimmers capture a world championship in Hungary. So I'm going to guess that recruiting and understanding the program and, and competition within the team is probably a pretty important part too 
Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you, you obviously have to have talented student athletes to, um, you know, to be able to perform at this level. And not only that, but be able to develop them and, and, and have them continue to improve year to year. So we've just been we've been fortunate with recruiting over the last few years uh, where we've had some just really special people um, be really excited about our program and, and just buy into what we're doing and, and believe and trust in our coaching staff and the university. Um, and, it, and it's, you know, I think when you get people, just good people that work really hard, good things are going to happen. Um, you know, but, you know, we've, we just over the last few years, we, we've had just a little bit of a snowball effect of, you know, some fantastic prospects coming in and thriving in the environment. And, you know, it's it's uh, the last couple of years especially have been pretty special for the team. Coach, uh, we've talking to all the national champions from the ACC on today's show, and we, we let off a little men's soccer. We did a little uh, uh, UVA tennis with the men's side on that front. We just got done talking with Coach Gia and fencing. And every there's been a theme amongst all three of those guys, and that is worldwide recognition. Uh, recruiting, brand, uh, athletes, understanding the big picture. Do you get a sense that that is absolutely in play when it comes to swimming and diving as well here in the States? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. You know, the, the top, uh, you know, the best of the best recruits want to be on the U.S. Olympic team. They want to be on the world championship team. They want to make the U.S. national team. And and so international success plays a, a major role in, you know, our ability to recruit as well as the ability to compete at a high level on the NCAA uh, you know, the NCAA championship. So they, they really go hand in hand. Um, the teams that are winning national championships or, or at least contending for national championships year in and year out pretty consistently have um, athletes making the, the U.S. national team, making the Olympic team, and, and beyond that, winning medals at world champs and, and the Olympics. So, you know, I, I, they, they really do go hand in hand and, and in tandem. And um, usually, you know, NCAAs is a, is a pretty big stepping stone towards, you know, making making that jump to, you know, having some international success. Like you look at Alex Walsh, for example, you know, she won an NCAA championship this year, three of them, in fact. But, you know, she set the NCAA record in the 200 IM and then goes on and wins the gold medal at world championships in the 200 IM. So, you know, they they equate pretty well. Todd, I want to ask you about Hungary in particular because it's not just your current roster, it's your former swimmers. I mean, your program is responsible for nine medals at that event alone. Uh, that trumps a lot of countries, my man. I mean, that's not that's not just, I mean, one school getting nine medals. I mean, they're, they're folks that, that put a lot of federal money and government money into swimming around the world that don't take home nine medals. Uh, and you're doing it under one flag in Charlottesville. That's got to make you feel pretty good now. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty awesome. Uh, I actually saw that stat the other day, and I don't know where uh, – I'd be interested to know where we would stand if, if uh, UVA and Charlottesville were a country competing, hmm. you know, where we would place in the, in the overall medal table. Um, but, yeah, I mean, you know, it, it's pretty special. And it, what's more special is watching – you know, n- knowing what goes into what everybody sees and what you guys see is those results, right, at the World Championship. And, and nobody really sees day to day how much work they put in, how much they sweat, um, you know, how much passion and, and focus and discipline and sacrifice they, they make to be able to compete at that high level and perform at a high level. So as a coach, you know, we know how hard they work and how much they deserve it. And, and to see them actually perform at that level, it, it's pretty special to me because, you know, I, I know that they've earned it. Uh, they've earned every, you know, every bit of it. So um, when you have athletes that work as hard as they do, 
um, and then they have the success that they have, it's it's just, it's pretty special uh, all around. And and I think our whole program and, and everybody on the team supports that and, and really, you know, um, encompasses that vibe and, and that culture. And it just makes for pretty special things like that to happen. Coach, is it becoming easier to recruit just given all the international success? Hmm. Um, you know, I, <laughs> I always thought the better we the better, the more success we had, the easier it would be. Um, I think that it's exactly it's the opposite. Actually, hmm. I think it's, uh, I, it, it's it's more work and there's less time to do it. Um, I think it's harder to stay at this level than it is to get to this level. So, you know, that's the challenge ahead of us. Certainly, um, recruiting has, has, you know, taken a, there's a boost in recruiting, uh, but it's still a challenge, right? We still have a lot of great teams and, and programs, universities that we're, we're recruiting against that do that have a lot of success as well. So uh, the challenge is always there, but certainly the success over the last couple of years helps us. Here's the other thing, too. We've had a chance to have uh, Kate on the show, both Alex and Gretchen on the show. Our visits with your kids have been phenomenal, um, and they're great representatives of the university, but they're also real about the challenges that your program and the culture your program has. Uh, for a program so successful, with a roster full of successful swimmers, how does the coach keep raising the uh, competitive culture bar, if you will? <laughs> You know, that's that's what we're trying to figure out, um, you know, and, and pushing them in a way, you know, that, that we don't want to over push them. Right. We don't want to overwork them. We want to keep them happy and have fun. Um, you know, I think we just try to set goals, realistic goals for each individual. And but more so as a team, um, I think when we when we talk about goals, it's more about the team, what the team is trying to accomplish. And I think when they think about the team. Uh, it takes the pressure off themselves as individuals, but also takes the stress off of trying to be better than anybody on our on our team and focus on other teams and trying to stay ahead or catch up or whatever that might be. So, you know, I think for us, it's more about, hey, we've won two national titles. Obviously, we want to go for a third next year, but it's not going to be about winning. You know, it's going to be about trying to outdo our own our own team. Right. So however many points we scored at NCAAs last year, our goal is going to be try to score more. Um, and if we do that and win, then that's great. If we do that and lose, then somebody, you know, somebody else earned it, um, you know, equally as much, you know, or more so than we did. So we try to keep it more centered around the team than we do the individual. I got you. Hey, by the way, Pac, does an old boy from Salisbury, Todd, keep a bunch of cheer wine in a refrigerator there in the office? I'm just checking. <laughs> uh, you know what? I wish. I, I love cheer wine. Uh, you know, also the home, the home of Food Lion. Uh, you know, Salisbury is a great place. <laughs> you can't, yeah, you can't I mean, find that. Right. You can't find cheer wine anywhere. Uh, it's probably a good thing. You know, th- those swimmers. I don't see any swimmers with beer guts. So let, let's keep the cheer wine away yeah. from them and get you let's back keep to that coaching. Cheer wine out of the. Uh, yeah, keep need, that cheer wine need, out of the swimming program. I like your style. I needed something a little bit stronger. Our, our staff sticks to monsters. <laughs> You're right about that. Congratulations, Coach. <laughs> Todd, thanks. Thanks, guys. I appreciate it. Uh, all right. Uh, Todd DeSorbo, stay tuned. we got a busy 9 o'clock hour, but an important announcement coming up when we start the Power Hour on a Wednesday. Cocker and Durham continuing right here on the Atlantic Coast Conference Television Network. Tune into Packer and Durham weekday mornings from 7 to 10 Eastern for the best conversations about everything from the ACC. 
Find it on the ACC Network, Sirius XM Channel 371 and streaming on the ESPN app.